Okay, another one. It is, what day is it? It is Saturday, December 17th. This show will come out later anyway. And I'm coming at you with a whole bunch of vocal fry because I am sick. Sick as a dog, the way Trump says it. Uh, but let's get into it. So I want to start off by telling everyone to listen on an app that follows the podcast standards. Find out, find out more at nudepodcastapps.com. You can also visit my website. Everything will be linked in the show notes. That is theclaudcast.card.co. You can also check out my merch page. That's at Shopify. <clears throat> and it's um, not currently in production. <laughs> so I'll just stop putting that in there until I get the colors on my um, <clears throat> on my show notes out of the red into the green. Then you can check out my YouTube search tool, my self-censor tool, and my Rabbit Hole University, which is my baby show slogan. The show where I sift through all the clickbait so you don't have to and extract, g- <clears throat> and extract gems or sold along the way. All right, let's go ahead and get started. Let's talk about the conspiracy therapy segment. Ooh. Oh, no. (laughs) All my sound pads are terrible today. Yeah. Yeah, they're terrible. Anyway. uh, (laughs) Okay, there's a documentary. There's a documentary called Died Suddenly, and that's in the show notes. It's on Odyssey, and it's all about the blood clots, all the blood clots that happened during the COVID era and currently still now all the blood clots that are happening now. So I just want everyone to focus on that and uh, move forward with it. That's just something that, that you should use as a knowledge base, a knowledge base that lets you know that this all is some bit of a psyop that's going on. Uh, by the powers that be, the big they that everyone talks about, the one world order, everyone that, I I can't even say it right. (laughs) I can't say it because I can't believe in it unless I can bring it down to a select list of names that aren't the go-to names, like Bill Gates, who's just a front man, or George Soros, who's I believe has the money behind it, but is mostly a front man. Anyway, Moving forward, I have two more conspiracy segment, uh, conspiracy therapy segments. One of them is the Apple AirTag dilemma got seriously worse. I have a link to this. It's by uh, Lou Later. It's one of the clips from one of his podcasts. And he was talking about how there were some Android users that didn't get the notification that there was an AirTag in their close proximity and people would use them to track them and follow them home and rob them blind. Now, this is a problem that Apple has been dealing with, with a, for a while since they released the AirTags. But I think. I think that this, all this news that's coming out that people are reporting on is actually a hit piece. It's actually a takedown of Apple because Apple has a, a thing that they do. They, they get into the, the act of <clears throat> stealing someone else's proprietary or intellectual property by just making it better. So they have this integration that you can do with all of Apple's products and it makes it very useful for the people who are creating their technologies, like the tile, the tile card and keychain ring and everything else. That was the number one tracker tag for the longest time. And they integrate very well with Apple services, HomeKit and everything. But once Apple comes out with their own product, they still, they, I mean, they don't push anything out. They don't stop supporting other services, but they make it to where that service is no longer needed because Apple has its own. 
And this is what they're doing with the jailbreak community and uh, as a whole. Everything that the jailbreak community is jailbreaking for, Apple has a workaround for now. Well, most everything. There's a lot of things that they don't have a workaround for, a lot of uh, uh, quality of life improvements and things of that nature. But it's just <clears throat> now that it's baked into iOS, it seems like it's irrelevant to jailbreak. But this, I feel like it's a hit piece because all these companies are losing revenue because Apple is is encroaching on their space, which is the tracker tag space. And it just seems to be one of these things. It seems to me, it seems to me like it's one of these, I'm calling it out, putting it in the red book. This is something that I think is happening. It's simply a hit piece on Apple and their AirTag service so that hopefully people would stop, well, that Apple would stop eating into the market share for that service and other companies can still get a piece of that pie. <clears throat> and I really want to apologize. There's going to be a lot of throat clearings and I don't have a mute button. So it's just going to be a lot of throat clearings and a lot of vocal fry throughout this. But I have another conspiracy therapy segment. This one's going to kind of grate on your ears a little bit for a while. We'll go ahead and listen to the, the wonderful news, news that we have. And this super clip that was made by someone on the YouTube land that just did an amazing job finding every clip and putting a good video together with it. Go ahead and listen to this. Hi, I'm Fox San Antonio's Jessica Headley. And I'm Ryan Wolf. Our, our greatest, greatest responsibility, responsibility is, is to, to serve, serve our, our Treasure Valley communities. The El Paso Las Cruces communities. Eastern Iowa communities. Mid-Michigan communities. We are extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that CBS4 News produces. But we, we are concerned about trouble and trying to be responsible. One-sided one news stories plaguing our country. country. Plaguing our country. The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets publish the same fake stories without checking facts first. The sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too common, common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming, some media this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. 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 Extremely dangerous to our democracy. Just so you know, just so everyone knows that it's extremely dangerous to our democracy. There's your conspiracy therapy segment for the week. And that ended on, it ended on the news. And it's just getting closer and closer to that 1984 that everyone is afraid of. Moving along. Let's talk about that patron, patron saint of the week. Every time I'm going to say it that way, patron, patron saint of the week. This is Saints Nurus and Achilles. Now, although these members aren't um, officially in the canon of saints and they are not a patron saint of anything specific, there is a history on them specifically. So they were both Roman soldiers that were turned into good martyrs. There's a church. <clears throat> in fact, there are two churches in Rome dedicated to Saints Nerus and Achilles. These churches are not hard to find. You can touch their walls, open their doors, and sit in their pews. There is not one structure, much less two, in Rome or anywhere else dedicated to Julius Caesar. Even the exact location of his assassination is a matter of conjecture. Almost nothing can be said with certainty regarding the lives and deaths of Nerus and Achilles. There are conflicting traditions of when they lived, where they lived, and how they lived, but there are those churches, two of them in Rome, 
One is a 4th century basilica inside the ancient catacombs of Domitilla. The other from 6th century was built on, uh, was built on the site where the early Christian tradition says St. Peter encountered Christ as the prince of the apostles. Yeah, I'm not reading this right. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, there's your patron saint, <laughs> your patron saint of the week. Yikes. I think the sickness is ter- I can never be like Adam Curry. Sick as a dog and still sounds wonderful on the mic. It's terrible. Uh, <laughs> I want to get into a few clips, though, before I get into my Governor Inslee press updates. These clips didn't really fit anywhere, so I want to just uh, you know push them out there. These are simply the, the gems that I've extracted from a few podcasts. And this is from this first one that we're going to get into is the Homeschool Project podcast. And this is their interpretation of how podcasts are cool and why they think so. So, yeah, so um, lots of podcasts. And that was I I feel like a lot of my um, saving grace because I didn't have the time to sit down and read all the time with the schedule that we had. And so I was able to listen from other parents that were doing it and learn a lot that way and then they would suggest websites and books to look into and from there at night I would try to look into that when I had time and um so yeah I took the I took the whole year to make sure that we were going to be comfortable and this is what we wanted for our kids and that I felt like I could at least give it a shot comfortably so what she's talking about is they are they're starting to homeschool their kids and they had no resources at all when they started as to what's the best learning software or curriculum or anything. And her saving grace was podcasts, listening to them and understanding that other people are going through the same thing, that you can find your resources just by indulging in as many podcasts as you can to try and find all the resources that you may need to give your children the education that you think they need to make it in this world. Now, my kids are in public school right now. And I'm not really upset about that fact necessarily, but we are in Washington State and it does seem like it's going to be increasingly hard to monitor, without sounding like a helicopter parent, to monitor and control what kind of nonsense gets into their minds. And that's where just teaching a little bit outside of the school system helps you out. So learning from podcasts, including theirs, and I'm, I'm following theirs because they have quite a few, and I think they're still going on their podcast journey on what they're, they're doing to teach their kids and to educate them the way that they want to educate their own kids. So moving along from that, I want you <clears throat> to check out this clip right here. This is the, de- the, the definition of anarchism from the Bitcoin breakout. I can't remember exactly which episode, but I saved it from there. And here is the definition. Well, I mean, technically, it's the etymology of the word anarchism or anarchy. And uh, go ahead and give this a listen. The term archon means ruler. So someone that is politically superior to you. An archon is without political rulership. So it's not no rules. It's no no political rulership. You don't need someone to tell you what to do. Um, All we need government to do, in theory, is to preserve life, liberty, and property. And Bitcoin goes a long way to obviating the scope of government in that respect. Yeah, that cut off terribly, but there, there it is. Archon simply means without rulers. Rules without rulers. And that's the basis of anarchism. Anarchism gets a bad rap because the people who uh, really forwarded the movement have been um, revolutionaries, <laughs> to, to use a, 
a flattering word. Anyway, let's move on. This is John Pugliano on how the rich get income without taxes. Hello, TSP. We have two questions about taxes, the implications of taxes. I'm going to combine those into one answer. First question comes from Karen. He sends a video about a number of proposed government wealth taxes. And a wealth tax, unlike an income tax or unlike an, a capital gains tax, it's where the government tax you on the asset you hold as opposed to the profits you, that you've made off of exchanging those assets. Actually, I'm not going to play the whole thing. That's 13 minutes. I didn't even check the length of this when I imported the sound into the the sound pad. So it's 13 minutes long. I might play a little bit longer if it doesn't replay. Let me see if this restarts. Hello, TSP. Yeah, it restarts. Good. I, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'll put this in the show notes if you want to listen to this. This is a, a really good clip from the, the TSP podcast. And it's, I think it's from the Expert Council. So John Pagliano just talks about how, and he's from the Wealth Steading Podcast. He's got his own. It, it goes into how the rich get income without taxes. Now, if you want to do the same thing, you can just follow the exact same steps in that clip and move forward from there. I have one more clip as far as a gem that can be extracted, and this is for child rearing. Child rearing, raising. If you have a kid that is struggling to eat their veggies, go ahead and use this. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and use this. And my laugh tell, you'll understand that right after you listen to this. Go ahead and use this trick to get them to eat the things that they don't like. And I think that we would all do well to think about and to leverage these reinforcing effects. Much in the same way, we would do well to think about and hopefully not leverage aversive effects of certain compounds, right? The simple way to put this is, I or anyone could get you to dislike something, someone, or someplace by making you feel slightly less good, lower mood. I don't even have to make you feel nauseous, but less good after ingesting something or having a certain kind of interaction or being in a certain environment. Very straightforward to do that because of the way that your nervous system is wired for conditioning. However, there's the positive side of all this, which is that it's very straightforward to reinforce the experience of a given food, including its taste, but all the context around it, the container, the texture, the people you consume it with, where you consume it, etc. For instance, I wonder why we are not pairing caffeine with broccoli. <laughs> and here I'm not suggesting that people actually do that experiment or play that trick on people, but you have to sort of imagine that if caffeine is this incredible reinforcer of all sorts of things, in particular things that we ingest and would want to ingest more of if it's paired with caffeine, well, then you actually can use caffeine as a tool to increase reinforcement of different things. And you can avoid caffeine as a way to further reinforce things that you would like to stop. And here I'd like to just give the example of sugar cravings. A lot of people ask me, how do I avoid sugar cravings? I've talked about the use of L-glutamine for that. I've talked about making sure you're getting enough essential fatty acids and essential amino acids as a way to reduce sugar cravings. Please note, however, that if you are somebody who likes to have your sugar, whether or not it's a piece of chocolate or your dessert, et cetera, I'm not saying that's bad, but if you're trying to reduce your sugar cravings, ask yourself, are you ingesting sugar along with caffeine? Could be the caffeine contained in that sugar-containing food like chocolate, or it could be that you're having a cup of coffee along with your pastry and then you're struggling with sugar cravings. Well, think about it. You're not just being reinforced by the sugar and the effects of sugar on dopamine, which are real and both conscious and subconscious through the gut to the brain dopamine system and direct on the brain dopamine system. But by co-ingesting caffeine, you are also further enhancing the reinforcing effects of sugar. And there you go. I think I might turn into Bruce Banner's dad and try this on my own kids. Just, I... I have my, my oldest son, Lorenzo, he eats anything, anything that is in front of him, he'll eat it. Now he gets a little picky once in a while on what he decides because I'll give him, I'll give him like two or three options saying, hey, do you want this, this or the other? Oh, excuse me, this, that or the other. 
and he'll get a little picky about what he wants to eat and start making decisions in his own head. But as far as my second son, Luke, that kid, that kid is one of the most picky, picky eaters ever. And it, it upsets me to no end to know that this kid could be eating some really great stuff, but doesn't want to because he's picky about it. So if I were to, and I guess you can get caffeine in, in capsule form or in chewable tablets or in pills, you can get caffeine. So I was thinking maybe I could find the right dosage level to give that little guy. And he's very young, so I don't think I'm going to do this necessarily. But maybe, I don't know, maybe as a science project, just see what happens. Maybe he'll turn into the Incredible Hulk. I have no idea. But maybe I can combine that with some of the food he doesn't like to get a, uh, a good reaction out of that. Maybe he'll get attracted to that specific meal just because the caffeine is in there because of its reinforcing properties. Maybe. We'll see. Moving on, let's get to this segment. Warning. Your attention, please. Trigger warning has been activated. The trigger warning has been activated because I am going to talk to you about the grind. This could actually be in the grinds my gear segment too, but I, we're, we're going to save it for the trigger warning segment. This is, and you know what, maybe I'll just, <laughs> instead of calling it the Governor Inslee press updates, I'm going to call it the trigger warning segment because almost everything is a, a triggering to me specifically, but let's, let's get into this. So Washington students leaving money on the table by forgetting the FAFSA. Oh man, more student loan talk even with all the nonsense surrounding student loans in, excuse me, in, in just current culture right now, everyone is hating on student loans, and he's just putting this out there kind of blatantly. And it says here in his Medium page, oh, I, I don't think he's writing all this. There's no way. But let's just get into this. Aspiring college students and young professionals are leaving money on the table. As much as $50 million has been foregone by Washington graduates that never filed for federal aid, according to Representative Drew Hansen. In fact, only 41.7% of 12th grade students in Washington state complete the FAFSA, the third lowest rate in the country compared to, the, to a national completion rate of 57.2%. That meant about 14,700 Washington students missed out on financial assistance for college and career training. I went to a trade school, so I'm not anywhere near in as much debt as someone else, although debt is debt. And the amount of debt that you can afford is different for every person. So the amount of debt that I got into for something that I never used and never will use because I forgot everything that I learned. And even though I passed with flying colors, I was student of the course in one of the classes, it didn't help me in my job search. doesn't matter what you put on your job search or your, 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 your job search with your, your resume or your cover letter or whatever you want to call it. If someone doesn't want to hire you, they just won't hire you. And it's as simple as that. So as soon as I got those student loans, it was almost an instant regret because I could have done the same thing at a community college level, which technically you can still apply for the FAFSA to do that. But a community college is so cheap, it's almost no point. It's almost like $2,000 a year to go to one of those places and you still get the same knowledge. You, you still get everything that you would get at a university or a uh, uh, trade school. So I don't know. This, this is one of my grinds, my gear segments, because I am not happy with, with encouraging people to apply for the FAFSA when you're still unsure. You're in 12th grade. You're still unsure about your whole life. And I know this because I'm very close to 12th grade. <laughs> I'm a younger dude. So I know that I was unsure of my life and I'm still technically unsure of my life because I still have so much that I want to do. If you're sure, go for it and make the resources easy for that person to, to get to. 
but don't market it as if it's the net, the excuse me the next iPhone. It's nonsense to me. But anyway, let's move on to this segment. All cuckoo times are PP times. But what does that imply? It's like if you can carve out a living for yourself, preferably inside of a large tropical fruit, well, that's a bloody good start. Well, let's talk about friendships for a minute. Here's how you know if someone's your friend. A, you can tell them bad news. And they'll listen. They won't tell you why, you know, you're stupid and and why that bad thing happened to you and how something worse happened to them once and, you know, derail the whole conversation. You can actually tell them bad news and they'll listen. So that's a good thing. And then, this is a weirder thing, you can tell them good news and they'll help you celebrate. And that's a really good way of deciding who you should have around you because if you have someone around you, you know, something good happens to you and you're kind of afraid to even admit it because, you know, God, something good happened to you. It's like, you let that be known and it'll certainly be taken away. So, you know, you you come out and you sort of tell someone half-heartedly that something good happened to you. They they give you a whack and then talk about, you know, the great thing that happened to them three years ago. Or worse, the great thing that happened to someone that they knew three years ago. You know, it's like, go away from that person. They're not helpful to you. And they're not helpful to themselves either. And so you want to surround yourself, you got to think about this. You've got to surround yourself with people who want the best for the best part of you. You can hang around with weasels and losers that are trying to pull you down to justify the fact that they're spiraling downhill as well. And you know, the upside of that is you don't have to have any responsibility and you can all whine about how wretched life is, you know, so that's pretty attractive. But I would say it's also a bad medium to long-term plan. And so it's, it's acceptable and desirable to try to surround yourself with people who are facilitating your development. You know, and you might say, well, I've got people around, I know them well, you know, they're, they're, they're not doing that well, and, and, they're, and, and they don't fit into that category. It's like, what's your point? What are you going to do with them, exactly? If they'll, if they'll listen and cooperate with you and move towards a better future, great. If they don't pay any attention and they keep doing the same damn things over and over and they're not going anywhere and it's painful, then maybe the proper thing to do is say, you just have your misery. I'll go off and have my life. And maybe you'll wake up at some point in the future and think that's a better way of being. Because just putting up with it is, om- well, they call that enabling, right? You put up with that sort of behavior, you're providing tacit consent for it and even tacit approval. It's like, it's a bad idea. You have, I would say, both the right and the responsibility to surround yourself with people who are good for the best part of you. Just wonderful. It's just wonderful hearing that wisdom from Jordan Peterson. But yes, I, I put that bell in there. It was pretty loud. Let me see if I can turn that down. No, that's still loud. Let me see if I can turn that lower. Go here. Try this. That's better. Okay, so that's that's something that right there at that point of the audio, get out and away from those people. Just get away from them. There's no point in being around people that are never going to bring you up because you are technically a product of your environment. And if your environment is simply naysayers and ne'er-do-wells and just people who bring you down constantly, there's no point to be around those people. You will be drugged down faster than you can bring them up. So don't, don't do it. If, they, if there's someone that's an, uh, a naysayer and someone who's just constantly bringing you down, do your best to try and encourage them, but don't stick around them. Don't make them part of your, your day-to-day routine and life. That's, that's nonsense. That's nonsense. Now, 
I want to get into the segment before I do anything else. So let's let's open it up. Yeah. So the, I didn't forget this time, and I wanted to shout out to Pitar. He is the one person that stuck around from the beginning and to the end. So I'm very happy for you, Pitar. Thank you for being here as long as you've been. And thank you for doing everything you can to just encourage me along my way. So his, uh, his, his comment is, I, heard, I didn't hear anything resembling brainstorm. So I want to ask, did you hear anything resembling green needle? And if you hadn't, what did you hear? Because I, don't, I, I, I couldn't hear anything else but the two. And, and that's, that. I mean, listen, listen, one more time. I got I to gotta line up here. Listen to this one more time. You know, right there, I didn't hear really anything. It just sounded like static. Maybe you're right. Maybe you didn't hear anything. Maybe it just sounded like more and more static. I don't know. But it, to me, the first time, and when I have the photo in front of me, that's all I can hear is Green Needle and Brainstorm. But yeah, thank you. Thank you for your boost, Pitar. That was wonderful. That is a good message. And I don't have the exact amount in front of me because it's just not sure. Oh, I think it was, was it? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's not showing me the exact amount. It says that you donated uh, 2,879 sats, but obviously you didn't because, I mean, maybe you did. Nah, you did. There's cuts. There's splits. I got you in the split still on the whole show, so you got a portion back because you're wonderful with your content delivery. <laughs> You're wonderful with that. Okay, I have uh, my factoids for the week. Let's get those going here. So factoid for the week number one, if you grab, an, and this is, this is important for anyone who's living in the Pacific Northwest or anywhere that gets hit with a ton, a ton of snow and a ton of ice. And this is something that people in Texas have no idea about because I had to explain this on one of the jobs that I was doing over this last week. And an ice dam, if anyone doesn't know what an ice dam is, an ice dam is where ice will build up in either your gutters or somewhere on the edge of an eave of your house. And what'll happen is it'll, over time, start melting and then freezing again and melting and freezing again, and it'll slowly spread out over your shingles and underneath your shingles. So instead of just staying on top of the shingles like it should on any normal house, it will melt up and under the shingles, and it'll slowly start creeping its way up the shingles. And when it does that, it gets behind the shingles. Then once it hits that sheathing of the house, it gets the temperature of the, of the inside of the attic space, and that causes it to melt extra quick and then get into the home and start melting its way right back up. Instead of going down, it fights gravity and melts upwards and down under. Then it gets into your home and starts affecting things inside the home. Now, this is a big problem hitting the Pacific Northwest right now, and we are getting tons and tons of work based on this, which is terrible that we're getting work based on other people's misery but that's just the nature of the beast so here's a fact for you and a quick little trick and tip if you grab a nylon bag or a pair of what do you call them uh, stockings or um, leggings or or uh, pantyhose if you get those and you fill them full of ice melt you can tie the cable on the drawstring or tie a knot on those pantyhose or those uh, leggings and then the leggings have to be very thin so that way things can get into it and the water can absorb from the melting ice and the ice melt can get through. So you'd be better off with a pantyhose or the nylon bag. But you tie the cable, you tie the knot, and then you chuck that thing up in any direction where you need the ice dam melted 
or you get up on the roof and lay them around in strategic locations where the ice dams form very easily, specifically eaves or in gutters, and you are golden. Everything will melt slowly but surely. It'll take a little bit of time, but not as long as it would on its own. It'll be very quick. I mean, as quick as ice melts on your driveway. And that will melt your ice dams, and you will get less problems of water damage in your home. So go ahead and try that. Anyone who has uh, that kind of problem, anyone in Canada or anyone in the Pacific Northwest or in New York, because they are getting tons and tons of snow right now. Next factoid, it is possible, and this is for churches specifically or anyone in uh, media or, or anyone dealing with projectors or with trying to stream content through a structure. So you're in a home, a church building, or uh, a business building, and you want to stream, excuse me, another uh, throat clearing event, you want to stream HDMI content to those rooms, but HDMI cords of that length are extremely expensive. Extremely expensive. It's almost $1.25 to $2 per linear foot of HDMI cable versus Ethernet cable. So if you get an Ethernet cable, you can buy these in giant spools and bundles, and as long as you know how to crimp your Ethernet cable, you're good to go, and you can get the tools for that very easily um, <clears throat> and very quickly find a video on YouTube on how to do that. But if you wanted to, you can follow this uh, link in the show notes to Appelard's Adventures, <laughs> the guy's got a weird name, or may- maybe I'm pronouncing it wrong, but uh, there's a video of his on how to stream HDMI content over Ethernet. We're going to start implementing this in the church, and I will give you an update once we do. Um, it has to go through the whole bureaucracy of the church um, uh, community to agree for some reason, but it just happens that way. And uh, I hope I hope that this actually encourages other people to do the same thing. Because I always thought that it was great. It was a great thing to, to use is HDMI. But if you can do it in a cheaper, more effective way that's, that's almost no loss in quality, well, then there you go. Follow that link and you're good to go. As a last factoid of the week, I actually want to bring us back to middle school. For me, explaining the scientific method to someone now is very hard because I have no need for it in my life. But it, it's something that, I think should be used because of the big believe in science movement that we should all believe in science because if you don't believe in science then you're the problem and who knows what else so I just want to go through the steps the six steps of the scientific method now I linked the Wikipedia article in the show notes so you can read through the whole thing but I just want to go through the six steps and if you want to uh, just remember this or go through and look it up yourself you can do the same thing and we can all be a little more educated because it's been a long time since fifth grade So, step one, observation slash question. Step two, research topic area. Step three, hypothesis. Step four, test with equipment. Step five, analyze data. And step six, report conclusions. Best thing to do after that would be to report your findings to someone else who is scientifically minded and have them try and replicate your issue and your findings and see if they come up with the same same results. If they do, then you have a peer-reviewed scientific study. And you can move forward with that. I want to close this out a little quicker today. This is going to be a shorter episode just because I am not. I am not feeling it today. So I'm going to go through my recommendations for everything. Now, nothing has changed except for a few things uh, being YouTube videos and the support this section. But it's always good to come back to what you have. And I have an audio clip for one of these things. It's very, very short. It's a couple seconds long. But it gives you the idea of what it is. So let's move forward with the movies. 
Father Stu, <clears throat> Jacob the Liar, and Died Suddenly. That recommendation that I mentioned earlier in the, what segment was that? That was in the Conspiracy Therapy segment. That is the uh, documentary on Odyssey that is free to watch for anyone on the blood clots that have been happening ever since the uh, <clears throat> Moderna and Pfizer so-called vaccine has been released to the public. Then you got your podcast. is Bitcoin And by David Bennett. Podcasting 2.0 by Adam Curry and Dave Jones. No Agenda by Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak. <clears throat> Mo Facts with Adam Curry and Mo. The Survival, Cod- uh, excuse me, Survival Podcast by Jack Spierko. And the Permaculture Pimpcast by Billy Bones and his son, I believe his name is Matthew. Then you got newsletters. Texas Slim's Vision or I Am Texas Slim. Well, that's his podcast is I Am Texas Slim. I'm going to put that on the list of recommendations. Uh, speaking of which, I'm supposed to be doing an interview with him pretty soon here, and I will have that on my show, and that is about how to how to evangelize the gospel of the Beef Initiative. So if you are uh, shaking your rancher's hand, this will be a very good step, uh, excuse me, stepping stone in how to get them on board with more local beef raising and uh, sharing of that beef. <clears throat> Moving forward, The Oasis by John C. Dvorak, and that is his substack. Then you have Modern Wisdom. I can't remember the name of the guy for some reason. Ah, Chris Williamson. Chris Williamson. His, he's got a great podcast called Modern Wisdom. Got very interesting guests all the time. And I'm still a massive fan of his automated section of things where, where it was his, uh, his Life Hacks series. So that one, if you want to look into a good stepping stone into his podcast, go ahead and look that part up. And then you got the No Agenda Loot, uh, newsletter. And that is put together by John C. Dvorak himself. As far as YouTube videos, you still have The Collapse of the American Dream Explained Through Animation. How are, or not how are, I still haven't changed that, but How the Economic Machine Works by Ray Dalio. Then there's this. Here's a, um, <clears throat> here's what the audio clip is. This is the They Were Just in the Way by Knowing Better. This is a, a retired, I think, high school teacher, history teacher, who's just, his main, his main gig, his main thing now is making YouTube videos on the history that he either wasn't allowed to teach in high school or just wasn't able to teach in high school. So here's a clip of the They Were Just in the Way uh, video, and that is about uh, Native American history. What? Does that not line up with the story you remember? Just, just let, let that one be your, your, your driving force into why you would listen to this video, because it is all just, just things you did not think were the case. Then, last one. If you are into cooking, if you are into cooking and you want to learn cooking from a Gen Z, he seems like, he's probably a millennial but leans toward the Gen Z mindset, this guy, Joshua Weissman, New York Times bestselling cookbook author, which doesn't mean so much to me because you can pay for that, but it's, um, <clears throat> he's got a channel on YouTube and he's got a series called Butt Cheaper. If you want to look that up or if you want to just look in the show notes, you'll find that. Or you can look at the Podcasting 2.0 chapters. And, f- <clears throat> and find a link to that as well. Last but not least, this is the support this segment. Paul Wheaton, the Beyond, Beyond Organic Garden Master Course. I am going to be uh, purchasing that very soon and uh, taking notes and doing a review of what I think is very uh, a very good takeaway from that. And my voice is just completely giving out now, so I'm going <clears> to <throat> leave you with the beatbox ad for Podcasting 2.0. The end of show song that I stole from the Quite Frankly podcast with Frank uh, and a ISO 
and then that's it. I'm just going to leave you with that and call this one finished because I am just done. Yeah, that's it. I'll catch you guys in the next one. Chapters, transcripts, images, links, stream micropayments to the podcast, and send Satoshis in real time over the Lightning Network using a compatible podcasting 2.0 app. Just go to newpodcastapps.com. That's newpodcastapps.com. And for more info, go to podcastindex.org.
I think that's the one. Can my podcast give me five stars?